Hoffa day and welcome to another episode of Fistful of Talent. I'm your host, Jonagan Charfris. And, you know, before we jump into things, I want to remind you to make sure you head on over to either Spotify or SoundCloud and subscribe to the KOEM Podcast Network. You can get alerts every time there's a new podcast that is posted and it keeps you up to date with all the latest shows. Um, I'm so excited about this episode because, believe it or not, it's been a long time coming. I know... Um, we tried to set things up the last time he was here in Ireland, but he was here very brief. I think it was like a couple of days. Yeah. And one thing you've noticed um, from my past uh, podcast is that I tend to find a lot of the content for the, the show um, on social media, specifically Instagram. On Instagram, you can be connected to so many talented individuals with Guam ties and roots um, that are all over. And... So I think I started following um, you maybe a couple years ago. Okay. <laughs> and at, at first it was just, um, okay, I see you like jiu-jitsu posts. Okay, he must be a badass in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and then as, as the post started to, um, I, I started to learn a little bit you know, more about you. Um, you have this successful academy in Pleasant Hill. Um, you know, the things that you do for the community there and your involvement was something that really spoke to me. And, and it was one of the reasons why I really wanted to get you onto the podcast the next time you came to Guam. Appreciate um, I learned about his fondness for Oreos and the Karate <laughs> Kid and, and old school music. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm truly... <laughs> I'm truly grateful to have uh, Bryant Pangolinen on with me this morning. So, half a day and uh, welcome to A Fistful of Talent. Half a day in the morning. Thank you so much for having me. You know, and it's, you know, I, I had this whole elaborate, like, introduction, but I got to be honest, you have, like, a plethora of accomplishments. I mean, <laughs> aside from all the, you know, the, the, the championships and the medals and, and um, the fact that you're the owner of Sabre Jiu-Jitsu Academy, um, you're a first-degree black belt. Um, second. Second? Okay, see, <laughs> yeah. the last thing, so they need to update right. the website. They need to update online because the last thing I saw was first-degree. So, okay, second-degree yeah. black belt. And um, I know that, you know, you're on island. Um, you're going to be competing in yep. Submit 6? Uh, yes. Yes. And... Um, so, you know, I, I'm grateful that you're able to take time out of your training to come on and, and, and talk with me. Honored to be here. <laughs> and it's great, too, because um, not only did I want to find out, um, I guess, you know, what got you into jiu-jitsu, but also, too, like running a, um, a business, a yeah. successful academy. Yeah. I know um, with it's, it's been open since 2014. Yeah. And, you know, it continues to grow. Mm -hmm. um, but first off, I wanted to kind of give, um, give you an opportunity to kind of give us a little bit of background. I know you weren't born here, but you were yeah. born in Germany. Yeah. But, of course, you have Guam ties. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, yourself? Sure. Uh, well, my name is Brian Pangolinen. Um, I live in Concord, California, the Bay Area, Northern California side. Uh, my parents, uh, my dad's from Sinahanya, and um, my mom is from... Ipen, Telfovo. And so uh, growing up, uh, my dad was in the military and then later worked for the, the uh, civil service, federal government. And so um, my brother, who's also here, uh, he was born here on Guam, but um, he grew up all over the world just as I did. And uh, at the time when my mom was pregnant, uh, we were actually living in Okinawa. Mm -hmm. And then um, my dad got the orders to move to Germany, and then that's where I was born. So uh, growing up, I got I probably been to a dozen schools 
Um, I've been all over Europe and Asia, traveled to probably like 49 states. And, uh, and that's just because of my dad. And so, you know, it, it was tough, but, you know, I, I'm definitely grateful and thankful that I saw the world. But um, one of the things that was always important is that my folks always brought us back here to mm-hmm. Guam to, you know, spend time and get to know the family here. And so uh, I spent many of my younger years, summers here, being here a lot. And uh, I, I still do it now. So, <laughs> And, you know, um, I know then you settled in mm-hmm. uh, in nor- Northern California. Yeah. Um, and you got into deep into wrestling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, was that something that was just you saw you took an interest in? Was it something that, you know, you had friends that? Well, it's funny because like growing up as kids, we were all WWF fans. And, you Here, know, I'm <laughs> big and so, you know, wrestling around the house with my brother and and, you know, getting beat up all the time. It just rough housing alone was just it it's commonplace. And it was fun. And then it wasn't until uh, my freshman year that I started competing in wrestling uh, and it just took off from there and I don't know what it was it's definitely we have family members that were also wrestlers um, but for me it was just like it's all I wanted to do and um, it just kept going and going and going and I didn't want to stop and it's funny because even one off season after I think my sophomore year or something uh, my dad's like alright I want you to do something other than wrestle this off season so I went and tried out for the volleyball team and I made the volleyball team and as soon as volleyball was over, I was right back at wrestling practice. So it's like, <laughs> you know, you couldn't keep me away. So it was just, um, you know, always drawn to combat sports. And, and uh, I've been with it ever since. So so I guess how was jiu-jitsu introduced to you? Was it um, when you were still in high school, when you graduated? Well, um, when I got out of college, uh, well, actually when I was still in college, I um, got a bit of a taste of it. I was living in Hawaii, and I was going to school out there. And the UFC had just started, you know, the UFC one and the Hoist Gracie and all that stuff was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And uh, one of the Gracies himself was out there in Hawaii and he was doing training at, at UH. And a couple of my friends said, hey, let's go try this stuff out. And, you know, I was like, all right, you know, it was cool. I was just seeing it as kind of like sloppy wrestling, but I was like, ah, I'll give this a try. And I started to do private lessons with uh, one of the upper belt students there and, that was like a 95, something like that. And uh, again, I, I, I just saw it as, again, as just a, a wrestling that was just really awkward and weird. And I just wasn't really keen onto it too much. And then I stepped away and I actually got into bodybuilding, like heavily into bodybuilding because of my brother over here. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, And that really took off. But then uh, I, I think I kind of got burned out on that and just lifting weights wasn't enough anymore. And I got back into wrestling in like 2002 and uh was training back with my old club team uh coaching at the high school and helping out just being around it again Mm -hmm. and uh one of my best friends at the time just started fighting in mma and he was like hey come down to the gracie academy you know like he he really likes wrestlers you know i was like all right cool so i went down there and it all went from there so uh, about 2003 is when i started jujitsu restarted i guess you could say so and you know the thing with jujitsu too is you know, I have friends and family that are um, heavily into the sport, mm-hmm. and and then I and when I see people talk about it, mm-hmm. and um, there is, I don't know, it's like there's an there's a calmness. There's it's it's weird. It's almost like spiritual, mm-hmm. almost when yeah. people talk about it, and how they admit that when they go into jujitsu and like into that first class, not knowing mm-hmm. you know what to expect, and then after that first class, they like. 
you know, fell in love with it. Yeah. And um, and what it's taught them. Right. Um, was was that kind of like what happened with you after you got into it? You dove into it and you. Well, it, it was no funny. This sloppy. R- yeah. Rhythm. Well, you know, I, I guess I started to appreciate it more when I started to like train more a lot with MMA fighters and and watch uh, uh, submission grappling more keenly, and. Um, just became another a new outlet mm. and you know i i my last wrestling tournament was in 2003 and i started jujitsu like a week later you know and it was just like all right i need, just need to keep going and and like i picked up on it pretty quick and i was training with a lot of i guess you would say the who's who uh and and ufc and mma these days like uh, the diaz brothers and uh, Dave Terrell and Gilbert Melendez and Jake Shields. Those those guys were like my first training partners, and like you know those guys were like MMA superstars. But like I remember them when they were like you know lower level, newer fighters, and and uh, but those were the guys I learned from in the very beginning. And I guess you could say it definitely became a lot more deeper when you know you start to pick up on the techniques and, and learn more about it. But then you learn more about yourself and see how much it can challenge you, not just physically, but just, you know, it's not necessarily fun to get your face ripped off or, you know, your, 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 your uh, head, your neck choked or your arm popped or anything. It's not fun, but is a definitely a, a level of satisfaction in regards to uh, figuring, figuring out the techniques and how, your brain works and how your body can respond in those situations. So, yeah. Did you take a liking to it because it was so relatable to wrestling and yeah. like strategy? And- yeah. I mean, I, it's funny because I, I again, I, I picked up on a lot of stuff like fairly quick, but then when I was training with all these guys and I was getting tapped out left and right, I was like, man, I, I want to, I wanted to figure it out. Mm. And that was probably the biggest challenge is like, I'm not going to quit. I just want to keep showing up and, and learn more. And I became that kind of sponge, you know, I was obsessed with it. And all I did was train and train and train. Not to say that I don't do it now, but it was in the early years, it was different. Um, I guess you would say when, when I got into it in the early 2000s, it was more of a cult, you know, and like people would tease us. Oh, you're just hugging men and laying on the floor and like, yeah, come closer. Let me show you how well I can hug you, you know, and, but it, it it became again uh, more of a of a of a challenge for me to want to better myself. And um, around that same time, I got into law enforcement, mm-hmm. so I saw it as another tool for my job. You know, so um, it helped me on that level many times. Uh, as a cop, I was in so many bad situations, and it was jujitsu that got me through. Do you recall your first competition? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I never forget. I was I was probably maybe six eight months deep into it and I was like oh, I'm gonna do this and I jumped out there and it was a, it was a gi tournament and uh, I never forget all, all of my teammates showed up and I got arm barred my very first match and like I was so upset at myself for for you know making that major basic error and that everybody told me to watch out for and but after that it was all it all took off like I, I never look back and I use that as a stepping stone for myself and uh, it was a whole lot of winning after that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I think with each match, too, you like you mentioned, you learn yeah. um, from mistakes. And, and yeah. you know, you go back, you know, go back to the mat and you're like, okay, yeah. this is where I went wrong. This right. is where I'm going to. And I'm sure it was a rush, too, after as the competitions. Because mm-hmm. you've been you've traveled all over. Yeah. And doing all these competitions. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm not. 
I'm, I think I'm be I think I'd be generous just to say that I mean there there are a lot of things that you've you know won at <laughs> yeah. a long a long list of but yeah. it just shows just how much work yeah um, that you've put into it and and um, I mean was it when you, you know you received your black belt in 2012 mm-hmm. um how is that, you know, after doing all that kind of, all that training, all those competitions, mm. and then, you know, reaching Black Belt? Yeah. What was the feeling like, you know, to actually... Well, it, it was funny. When I got my Black Belt, I recalled being a White Belt again to where I remember when I was a White Belt, and I was like, I'm going to be a Black Belt one day. I, I That is a goal of mine. Because even in the early days, especially in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, it was really, really difficult and almost unheard of to be an American and get your Black Belt. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to surpass that. I want to be that guy. You know, I want to, I want to get there. And, and I never forget, I was, uh, I was here on Guam, um, right around the time I started. And then, uh, I met up with like big John Calvo and Steve Roberto and those guys. And, you know, they're all black. I was like, oh man, that's, I want to be these guys. I want, you know, these are the things I strived for. And then when I got my black belt, I was like, finally, you know, like, but it was, it was like unlearning and relearning all over again like i i understood when my my instructors and and my other uh, black belt teammates were like you're gonna you're gonna understand it when you get it that you're that white belt again in the room and you know everything you learn from day one you relearn it all over again you see it in a different way and that that all made the sense and i still see it that way now so these days i still learn techniques or I'll, i'll i'll remember something that i learned way back when and i'll relearn it and I'll do it all over again like oh that's where I made the mistake before now I can make it better so it's it's come full circle for sure and you know getting that black belt too um it kind of pushed you to move forward with with bringing your dream into fruition which is yeah. opening the academy yeah, yeah. It, it was crazy because it all it all kind of happened around the same time to where I was getting out of law enforcement and uh, chasing that dream of opening an academy and competing a lot and I'm just like man maybe I can do this for a living you know and and all the things kind of fell in my lap at the same at the right time and, and I was in the right place and around the right people and it just worked um, I was given an opportunity to open my my first academy and uh, and was right away competing as a black belt I was like man I just I wanted to do everything all at once and I did <laughs> So and I didn't feel you know overwhelmed. I was just like, "You're gonna do it. Just jump in," you know. So I did. What prompted you to to open the academy? Uh, well, it, when I got out of law enforcement, it was uh, it was rather bittersweet. It was one of those things where the recession in California was really bad, mm-hmm. and uh, I was getting in and all these agencies as a as a uh, the top tier guy, you know, number one, number two, number three spot on their hiring list and. And then everybody's saying, oh, I don't have any money. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I, I kept trying. I kept applying. And I was like, oh, well, it, it is what it is. And, um, again, when I got that opportunity to open my academy, it it fit and it felt right. So I was like, I'm going to go with this. This is an opportunity that I can't pass up. And then it's funny because probably a couple months after I opened my doors, 
I got all these calls from all these law enforcement agencies. <laughs> hey, we can hire you now. I was like, man, <laughs> you're too late. too late now. But, you know, I, it, I guess you could say, like, you know, some things are still ingrained in me, and I still think like a cop. I still have a lot of tendencies as one, but, you know, I am who I am now. So, And, you know, with, um, with five years of the Academy, I guess – I know that jujitsu—it it continues to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see it in, as far as like your academy or the numbers are, are students? I mean, yeah, it's 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 going so well, and I, I definitely can say that I, I'm so happy and, and, and blessed to uh, have be around so many good people. Um, I have well over 300 students, and uh, three of my black belts just opened up their own academies. So it's nice. like we're we're just venturing out and my guys are like you know doing their own thing which I think is wonderful I just promoted another black belt before I left and uh, you know between having some students that have joined me from other teams at certain levels to some students that I've had since day zero like as white belts and then I've promoted them all the way up to black belt it's like it's it's all just as as uh, special to me but just to see like how my team is like it's how I always envisioned it you know like and and you know we've had some hiccups along the way and just like you know any family would and 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 uh, you learn from your mistakes and and we're still learning and that's what the best part of it is and and we all uh we all we're one big giant cohesive team and like it's great because we go into these tournaments together and all of us, and, and what's funny is like we have so many students in the team, and some guys they still haven't met each other, and yeah, because they're on opposite sides of the schedule, and so they'll see each other at a, like we just had our team barbecue, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, you're so and so, oh yeah, you're so. Like, they finally meet after a couple of years, like they've been teammates, and you know it, it's great. But again, we're just uh, the vibe at my academy is just great, and I, I'm I'm truly blessed to be around some great people. Because I see the videos and and the photos that you post on your Instagram page and of your of your students when they compete mm-hmm. and you know, when they you know medal and, and mm-hmm. when they you know all that hard work and training that they do to get to that point. Yeah, I'm sure as an instructor and as an owner of the academy, it it makes it all all the 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 challenges of opening the academy yeah like worth it totally well, worth it it's funny because my guys don't know but man i, I get more nervous and messed up <laughs> when they compete versus when i'm when i compete i'm like whatever dude i'm you know been there done that but when my guys compete i'm like oh this is like it's like your kid you know you're like oh i'm watching them do do the things that i taught them or i'm hoping that they're gonna listen hopefully they're gonna stay on track and follow the plan but you know it, it, it's nerve-wracking but one of the most rewarding things to see them out there when lose uh you know my my students have been so successful over the years and i I definitely can attribute that to their own hard work and you know i I think it it makes uh, a big a big difference when not only me as the head instructor but like my other black belts that i have my other students that i have the world champs pan american champs national champs guys that have like been to the top tier and they're they they, you know they rub off on the the younger ones Mm -hmm. and they can see what it takes to get to that level and they can see what it takes to to make it to the highest uh uh, the podium and you know it's it's nothing pretty sometimes and it's a lot of tears and a lot of sweat (laughs) and a lot of blood but you know my, my guys they work hard so you know, despite such a busy schedule, and you know whether it be training, competing, mm-hmm. operating the academy, you still find time to give back to your community. Yeah. Um, whether it be you know holding seminars or mm-hmm. certain things, I mean, what? Why was that something important um, for you to to do? Because 
I was reading up on you, and, and I know you're one of the first, what stood out was you were one of the first jiu-jitsu practitioners to kind of implement um, jiu-jitsu as a way of therapy for yeah. for. Um, uh, for for uh, veterans. Um, disabled veterans, yes. Uh, my school in, in Northern California was one of the first uh, to be certified through uh, an organization called the We Defy Program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's a certified uh, organization through um, the VA, and um, it allows um, sponsorship for disabled vets to try uh, jujitsu as uh, a safe house and a, and a, and, a, and, a, and therapy, basically. Um, I think my ties with that are huge because, uh, my dad was a vet mm-hmm. and he, you know, was heavily involved in, 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 you know, as far as, uh, his military peers and whatnot, being that he was also a, a government official and working with them. So I, I grew up around military bases and I grew up in that lifestyle. So when I became a, a, a cop, I, I was around those people again and then it, there's something again about martial arts, obviously, that attracts military personnel and you know law enforcement people and brings them in, and you get that same kind of camaraderie. And uh, we have so many vets on the team, and um, I just thought it was a perfect fit. And so when I met these group of guys uh, through the We Defy program, it, it was a, it was a great fit. And I just thought to myself, you know, here I am, just as you know, I'm a jujitsu black belt, gray, and. I, compete cool but what can i do with that you know what what can i how can i make a change in someone else's life other than my own or even just my students and people beyond the academy um that needed help and i just saw it as a platform okay this is my tool that i can use and so not just the disabled vets but all the other uh organizations i'm involved with like the other one is huge that uh that uh, the Black Bells for Butterflies. Mm-hmm. Um, we help um, kids basically on the spectrum uh, that have autism. And, uh, you know, that's a- another one that's near and dear to me, just, you know, wanting to help children. I think that's one of the biggest things about it. Um, but again, we, we have, we've done stuff for cancer. We've done stuff for the homeless. We've done stuff for um, just people that have uh, been struck with, you know, any kind of casualty, emergency, whatever it may be. We, we've been involved in a lot of things, not just uh, um, on a national level, but even locally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my students have said, Hey coach, we got this. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Whatever you want to do, let's do it. I'm in, you know, just, just <laughs> sign me up because whatever it takes, I'm going to, I want to help out. And I think, um, my students have been so successful in not only helping me with my programs and my uh, my ventures as far as those projects, but they've also started to do them on their own. Um, a handful of my students uh, did their own uh, fundraiser for the We Defy program, and it was like 90 days of working out and everybody you know being accountable and letting themselves know, hey, we're doing this, and you know, asking for a donation and whatnot. And they raised thousands of dollars wow. just for the VA program, and it was just like, man. And these these students also themselves are are, are vets, so it, you know, it was special to them. Mm-hmm. But it was great to see, like, wow. I'm just going to take a step back. I'm going to watch you guys do this. And it was really cool to see. You know, they, they, they did it themselves. And, man, it just it meant a lot. Do you have students that approach you or, or individuals that approach you that maybe go, are going through some sort of form of bullying? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They go to or either the parents kind of refer them to yeah. jiu-jitsu. Um, and do you see that it does 
help yes. in terms of like confidence and, and kind of protecting themselves? I want to say that a good percentage of the kids that we have on our team were victims of bullying. And a lot of the parents brought them to me right away and were like, hey, we need help with our kid and what can you do? And, you know, they, they're not trying to build fighters and neither are we. And that's the thing about my kids program. Like, we're not big on being competition savvy or anything a lot of our kids compete and they do really do well but it's just a, 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 a like a learning tool for these kids to help build their confidence help big build their self-esteem and give them some life tools you know as far as like hey how to protect yourself and so some of these kids have gone from like really really low levels of uh, of not even being happy within themselves to now they're like class presidents and they're running all these things and do, you know, and then they, they, their families and even themselves, they attribute that to their, their training in jujitsu because it helped change them. It helped, you know, bring that inner stronger person out. And, and, uh, I'm definitely happy and thankful when I see those things because, you know, these kids too, they needed help. And, and it was our program that helped make the difference. So, so like I mentioned, you are, um, here on island for submit yeah. um i guess um how in terms of when they told you that you would be the, mm-hmm. the main you're the main event, main event yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i guess so what have you been doing to prepare because your opponent uh javier mm-hmm. you know recently did really well on the mariana's yeah. open um i guess what have you been doing to kind of mentally and physically prepare uh i treat this i treated this just like uh any other um high-level tournament that I've always prepared for. Um, when the uh, uh, curators of Submit hit me up, say, hey, Brian, you want to be the main event? I was like, where do I sign up? Let's do this, you know? And I, I'm never one to, like, turn anything down. As long as you give me ample amount of time, I'm signing up and I'll do it. And, you know, the guys that Submit have been my friends for many years. And so it, it, to to be asked to be the main event, especially here on Guam, that was huge for me. But as far as my preparation goes, I'm, I've had a great training camp, right back to the grind. It's really great because just about every month, if not one or more of my students are always preparing for a tournament. And so there's a lot of competition prep going on every day at my at my academy. And if I'm not in there grinding with them, I'm putting them through it. So it's always a process. But as far as my own prep, you know, the usual double days triple days (laughs) it's just part of it you know and and you know it's just you get used to i gotta train at this time i gotta do cardio at this time i gotta lift at this time and everything's regimented and on top of juggling all that like i'm a dad you know i gotta take care of my kid i gotta pick him up from school and i gotta do this and, and then go back and teach class and you know it's just I have 20, 26, 28 hour days. <laughs> so I just see it as, you know, as long as I can fit some stuff in, I'll be just fine. You know, so. And you know, with, with the submit, um, the, the, the card is stacked. Yeah. Yeah. And it just goes to show just how big jujitsu continues to yeah. go on island. When we have, um, you know, academies popping up left mm-hmm. and right. Um, do you, what do you do? What do you attribute that to? I mean, do you think it's the success of, you know, the, the popularity of, MMA or UFC or is it just because um, you know they're seeing the the difference that it's making and and maybe individuals that they know are in jiu-jitsu well I think um, as a whole uh, Guam has had so much talent for years and it just 
took these schools to pop up and help bring that talent out and and you know uh now you got guys in the forefront on the on the highest level like john tuck and and uh frank camacho like you know they're fighting in the ufc and the bellator and they're like they've made it they're at the pinnacle and you know they're, they're these great role models for all these kids out there like hey you're from a small island but you can make it you know you can do this and it's sparking a lot of talent and you can see them you know you got so many really good jiu-jitsu practitioners on the island and i think um submit is just a, a, another um uh, stepping stone for all the talent that we have here to not only showcase here on island but you know hey let's take it to the next level and you'll see how how great you can be and it it just it's funny i was talking to um some friends the other day about this and like one of these days one of these kids are gonna go off island and, and win the big one and that's mm-hmm it's going to happen you know it's it's inevitable and they've got they've gotten close they keep getting closer and it's just like man like just watch just watch or you know it's it's, it's like just, just like any other sport some unknown will come out of nowhere and the next thing you know he's the biggest name and i think that's the beauty of this all because with the mariana's open that recently happened mm-hmm. um it was such a big turnout yeah a lot of the younger kids but the the really cool thing about it was that there were some big names that yeah. flew in yeah. to compete um I mean, the the fact that, you know, maybe seeing these big names here mm-hmm. competing with, you know, the locals, I, I'm sure that inspires and motivates sure. um, yeah. the, you know, the younger, the, the younger folk. Yeah, absolutely. Here, yeah. No, I, I think it's great because unlike other sports like, you know, the NBA or whatever, the pro leagues of basketball and, and baseball and whatever, you can't go out and, hey, Michael Jordan, you want to go shoot around? Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't work that way. But you got guys that have been here on island like Keenan Cornelius and, and uh, you know, uh, Felipe Pena and like these high, the high, the number one guys in the world that have come here and then they'll just come to your academy. Hey, you want to roll? Hey. And, you know, it's just like they're just like they're just like you and me. They breathe the same air. They walk the same and they have all the same pain, aches and pains. So um, it's just I think this art and this sport is has a different approach to life and it can allow anybody in and make them feel a part of it no matter what and i think the way guam has gone about it and i've i've competed in the marianas twice and it's just you know it's it was an honor to be a part of that and then to see all these high level guys be around and then the local ones come in too it's like there it is you know it's it's gonna grow it's gonna grow you know one of the things with um with this podcast you know fistful of talent it's what i wanted it to kind of do was to help motivate um, and inspire uh, those that maybe have, you know, dreams mm-hmm. of, of, you know, or maybe ideas in their hand, in their hand, but mm-hmm. they just don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, or maybe that need that little push. I mean, is there because you obviously are a jack of traits. I mean, you've been <laughs> a police officer. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been um, a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously jujitsu, um, bodybuilder, yeah. um, business owner. Mm-hmm. What? advice would you give them because obviously hard work Mm. um discipline um you know but like any journey there's no smooth it's not a smooth paved road what could you say to kind of encourage them to to kind of remain you know to 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 not give up or whatever you get yourself involved in you gotta just keep showing up 
and you got to jump straight in. And trust me, I've been in some situations before. I'm like, man, I don't know how this is going to go. Let's just give it a try. <laughs> you know, scared out of my mind, not sure, uncertain. But all those fears and whatnot, it, it all paid off. And then going, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I tried. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, even now, like, I still take big risks as far as, like, whether it be business-wise or competition. Like, you know, I'm looking at, like, even, like, this weekend's competition. Like, this is is it's a risk for me. Why? Because I've been around for a while and, you know, but I see it as why not, you know, let's give it a try, you know? And I, I still have that within me as far as like a lot of fight left and not afraid. And that's one of the biggest thing. Even if you are afraid to make the, make choices as far as like taking big risks or, or wanting these big, you know, things in life, whether it's jujitsu or something else, just do it and go all in. And, and you can't, you can't look back or have any kind of like uh, fears of, of, of failing because if you do, that'll that'll hold you back. And I still have fears. I still have these, you know, like nightmares. And I'm like, God, is this gonna work? I hope this works out, you know. And I just, I just, I just show up. I just keep showing up. <laughs> and then from a from someone that does jujitsu, lives, breathes jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, what could you say to those that maybe, because I'm sure you've had students where they wanted to join jiu-jitsu and try it out for a while, mm-hmm. but they were, there is that fear, or maybe they're so, you know, like what you said, like, oh, you know, it's a bunch of guys hugging guys and mm-hmm. things like that. What would you um, say to kind of encourage them to take take that first step? Well, it, one of the, the biggest things that you'll see, and, and it can go with any any sport or any any hobby, whatever it might be, um, is as soon as, you know, the, the ship starts to sink a little bit, they get deterred and they, they, they pull away and they get scared and they don't want to go back or they don't want to feel that again. And it could have been a bad experience in a training session. It could have been a bad experience at a tournament. It could have been a bad experience as far as anything or whatever. And I, I've seen it so many times where like a, a student will be training for a little while and they, you know, have a little fumble and you see how they deal with it. And that will tell you a lot about how, who they are and how, how else they deal with their other problems in life. And it's like, okay, you got your butt kicked today. Did you expect to be the winner every single day? Or did you expect to be number one every single time? Because it's not going to be that way. It just can't. It never will be. And, you know, I, I, I don't sugarcoat anything with my students. And I don't sugarcoat anything with, with guys getting started. Like, it's just not going to be easy. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get your face pounded. I mean, you're literally dealing with a sport and an art that can physically, like, alter you, your appearance. Like, you see jiu-jitsu guys, like, we all got bad ears. And, you know, you, this is something that involves pain, you know. And, and if you can handle that pain, if you can push through those barriers, you're going to see not only what you're capable of doing, but what what you can help others do in the long run. And, you know, I, I, I don't condone, like, you know, getting yourself hurt or, or anything, but is it going to happen? Probably. Are you going to get put to sleep? Pretty sure you are, you know, and you just got to, take it on the chin and get right back up so is it something for all age levels I yeah mean, like is it too late is it is it too late to to you know is it is there a certain point at, in your life where you're no maybe you shouldn't get into mm-hmm. um jiu or is it something that just you know someone that absolutely no like wrestling experience nothing mm-hmm. can just jump in and say i'm interested 
I, I've seen everything from kids with learning disabilities to a former student of mine went through chemo. Mm-hmm. And not long ago, I had a 70-year-old man that I sparred with and rolled with, and he was one of the toughest dudes I've ever trained with. So is there an age barrier? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I've seen triple, quadruple amputees on the mat, people that have no sight, people that have, you know, know this, know that. There's no limit. There's no limit at all. It's just a matter of how much do you want to put yourself into something and keep going. So when I bring those examples up of those people, it's like, man, I got, I got nothing to complain about, you know? And you see people with ailments, you're like, Phew, wow, I should really, like, shut up about my boo-boos because it's not that bad, you know? Like, look at this person. I should – that person's leading by example. They don't even know it. And, you know, and, and it's funny because – that's what I see when I see my students sometimes. I'm like, wow, you're, you're inspiring me because you're pushing through all your barriers and mine aren't even that bad, you know? So is there an age limit? No, absolutely not. People can get started at any time. They're going to they're gonna learn at a different curve mm-hmm. depending. Um, age, size, gender, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Nice. And um, I guess what is the future? I know... Obviously, the competition's tomorrow, mm-hmm. but what does the future have in store for you? Are there future competitions down the line? Um, yeah, I mean, I still have goals, and, and, and I'm still hungry for one more world title. <laughs> uh, the world championships for me, again, is in December, and uh, I, I just, if, if I can win it one more time, that would be great, and that's my, that's my biggest goal. Um, I've been chasing it for a little while. I have won three. I've been a 10-time medalist at the Worlds, and then, like, if I can just win one more gold, that'd be that put the icing on the cake you know with all the training that you do and your 28 hour work days (laughs) i guess what do you do to kind of decompress is there something that you like to do is it just in terms of spending time with your you know family Mm -hmm. um i that's probably it spending time my family my dogs uh my son uh it's funny because I, I don't obsess about jujitsu like I used to. Uh, when I'm getting ready for tournaments, you take me out of the element. I'm like dumbing out and watching TV, going because I don't <laughs> want to think about anything. I want to. I know I, I find myself wanting to watch you know comedy and and funny things just to like you know shake my brain up a little bit because if I sit there and I like I dwell on stuff like I'll have I'll burn out you know mentally, and I I just. I just do everything outside of jujitsu that make me happy. Like I, I love fixing up cars and I love, you know, I love BMX bikes. I'm, I'm 40 years old, 42, 42 years old. And I still ride a BMX bike, you know? <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm still a big kid, you know? So, and I think that's important too. like, don't lose that side of you and, uh, and keep, keep doing those little things that you probably did when you were like, you know, in elementary school. Cause that, that keeps me young at heart. And is there anything that you wanted to get out to to our listeners? I mean, um, <laughs> now's your time. This is, you know, you can get out. Well, I'm definitely uh, honored to, to be in the main event tomorrow night, and I'm hoping that, you know, so many people can show up tomorrow and support professional jiu-jitsu, but also, you know, it's it's local competitors. Seeing them on a grand stage is a big deal, and it, it, it means a lot when family members showed up shows up, and it means a lot when your friends are out there supporting you because, man, I, I've been around – 
the world and back and competed and I've been in venues to where not a single person spoke English and I don't know nobody and you're like god I wish somebody my my friends were here you know what I mean and so you know I I just think as far as the competition goes you know hopefully we can get a good support out there as far as uh, people that want to show up to watch but then uh on a different level again for any young guys out there and, and uh, that are just getting started or, or want to pursue this as maybe a full-time thing just keep showing up just keep showing up no matter what it is uh, don't let it hinder you as far as you know wanting to learn more um, never think that you know it all because there's always more to learn and uh, just be that sponge just be that sponge in the room and want to learn and uh, and try everything because if you don't uh, have that open mindset as far as wanting to learn more in this art you're going to fall behind much faster than you think and i've, I've seen it over again and, and you know, I'm, I'm again been in jiu-jitsu now for 16 years going on 17 i'm like i'm still learning and i'm still having fun so i think that's the best part of it well said and i want to just really take this time to to thank you again for for coming in and thank you um and and just you know sharing your story sharing your journey and kind of enlightening me more a little bit about jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I asked that question about, you know, what would you say to encourage mm-hmm. someone that maybe would want to go into jujitsu? Because, you know, that's been something that's on, been on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, it's, you know, it's, it's been on other sure. people's bucket lists. And it's yeah. just the, you know, going and you see already people that you know that have been right. in it for, for years. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't know if I can do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, you see how it kind of changes them mm-hmm. in terms of um, confidence or, or sure. discipline yeah. and things like that. And you want to do that. So I think it's just finding that, just taking that leap and just going sure. for it. Because, I, you know, a lot of my friends have told me that once you take that first class, yeah. you're going to be hooked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like a, a few years ago um, at the our Christmas party, mm-hmm. I, I won a, a gi. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so it's a matter of just breaking that sure. gi in. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and, and I mentioned earlier, but, you know, getting out there is always the hardest challenge sometimes for people. And sometimes they, they feel that there's a level of expectation that the instructor thinks I need to be perfect or yeah. my peers around me that are have been doing it are watching and they're yeah. going to laugh at me. It's like, trust me, we all started at some level and we all didn't know anything when we first showed up. And don't be intimidated because we're all learning at a different curve. And I think a lot of times people just, you know, compare themselves too much to those that already do it or just others in general to where like, man, if I sat there and I compared myself around to my, my peers, I, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I, 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 there's no way I could have been because I, that's just overthinking. That's going to kill all of it. And if you just go out there, like if it's on my bucket list, I'm going to try it Mm -hmm. and you do it and you realize what you're capable of doing and you'll, you'll, you'll shock and amaze yourself by just doing that first step. Noted. <laughs> but thank, thank you so much for coming in. Thank and you. good luck thank on the you tournament. So much. Kick some butt. For sure. Get that submission. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And, um, you know, if you if you want to kind of keep up to date or find out more about um, his Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Bryant's Jiu-Jitsu Academy, um, I guess where can they? Uh, uh, you can go online, saberbjj.com, S-A-B-R-E-B-J-J.com. Uh, go on our Instagram, go on my Instagram. You can see all kinds of stuff. We post every day. Uh, there's always something going on. We're always involved <laughs> in something, be it a competition or something for the community or just, you know, 
just being goofballs. <laughs> we enjoy life, and that's what jujitsu is all about. So, thank you so much, Brian, thank and you. thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the KOM Podcast Network. Adios. Adios.